Welcome to Doing CX Right, a podcast where we discuss how to differentiate brands by doing customer experience right. I'm your host, Stacey Sherman, an author, award-winning keynote speaker, and mentor passionate to help you humanize business and improve experiences to achieve real results. On today's episode, you'll hear my guest, Bob Berg, who's the Hall of Fame keynote speaker and best-selling co-author of The Go-Giver, talk about how to communicate effectively and deliver real value. Bob explains that money is simply an echo of value. It's the thunder to value's lightning. You may be wondering, well, what does that mean? And how can you give the right value to another person so that they're willing to give you money for what you offer and be glad that they did? Not because they care about your quota or financial goals, but because they feel true gain and value from purchasing your product and services. Bob's going to inspire you to think and do differently to get new customers, keep them coming back, and tell others to buy from you too. Please subscribe to Doing CX Right on your favorite podcast channel, Spotify, Amazon, Apple, and more. And tell others, it would mean a lot to me. Now, let's get on with the show. Welcome, Bob. Hi, Stacy. It's so great to be with you. Oh, yes. So let me give a moment first before we get into questions about who are you, what do you do, and a fun fact. Hmm. Well, let's see. I'm a speaker and an author, so I speak and I auth. <laughs> and let's see. Uh, in fact, I often auth, although I probably shouldn't auth as often as I do auth. <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm an introvert. That surprises people, but very much an, an introvert. So when you auth and authoring, what's your favorite topic? Personal development, communication skills, influence. I, I, I really enjoy those those topics. And I know you've written some uh, a lot on this topic. So let's dive deeper into this because it has a lot to do with employee experiences, and the customer overall experiences, especially communication, such an important topic. So with that said, let's start with employee experience because that fuels the customer experience. So what does employee experience mean to you and what's been your experience? Has there been a, what I call a wow moment? Well, I mean, I, I think with employee experience, it's it's pretty much been proven that when when employees feel as though they are part of an organization, okay, not just someone who's working for an organization in exchange for money, but they feel they are part of a of a, a team of a mission, part of something bigger than just themselves. When they feel that they are respected and honored and cared about by the leadership. It makes such a huge difference. And this is not touchy-feely stuff. This is bottom line. This is important. And, you know, everyone from Tom Peters to Bob Chapman, uh, the the CEO of uh, Chairman and CEO of, of uh, Barry Waymiller, who wrote a book called Everybody Matters, uh, which is a wonderful book on on this. Uh, they, they all agree, and they see the, the the bottom line being absolutely impacted to the degree that 
I think it really comes down to that, that you honor your employees through who you are and, and what you do. So let's dig deeper. That sounds, makes total sense. And I believe we have to get the basics right. But what are the basics? What does effective communication and giving value, your words, what does that, mm -hmm. how do you do that? Well, if you look at what value really is, and, and often we look at this in terms of the difference between price and value, because it's very, when you when dealing with an, an end user, a customer who's paying for a service or a product, say, well, price is a dollar figure, it's a dollar amount, it's finite, it is what it is. Value, on the other hand, is the relative worth or desirability of a thing, of something, to the end user or beholder. In other words, what is it about this this thing, this product, service, concept, idea, what have you, that brings so much worth or value to another person that they will willingly exchange their money for it and be glad that they did, while, of course, you make a, a healthy profit. Well, uh, let's look at the and now, and here's what we, we all, I think, intuitively understand, that nobody is going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet. Right. They're not going to buy from you because you need the money and they're not even going to buy from you just because you're a nice person. They're going to buy from you because they believe they'll be better off by doing so than by not doing so, which is why the value needs to be the focus, the value you're giving to another person. This is why we say in the business sense that money is simply an echo of value. It's the thunder to values lightning. OK, now as a leader, what's the value you're giving to that person? What's that relative worth or desirability to that person? And of course, the definitive answer is it depends. It depends about that other person. And here's where influence comes in. See, on a very basic level, okay, uh, just a very basic level, influence can be defined as the ability to move a person or persons to a desired action usually within the context of a specific goal. Again, just by definition, that's that's influence. Now, that's the definition, but I don't believe that that's the essence of influence. The essence of influence is pull. Pull as opposed to push, as in how far can you push a rope? And the answer's not, not very, right? At least not very fast or very effectively, which is why great leaders, great influencers don't push. You never hear people say, wow, that David or that Susan, she is so influential. She has a lot of push with people. No, she's influential. She has a lot of pull with people. That pull is an attraction. So again, but the, and that's why, you know, great influencers are not, uh, they don't try to push their will on others. They, they depend much less on compliance, okay? That's push, right? That's you have to do it or else. Uh, they don't push their ideas on others. They're not push-y. Again, they pull. Now, that pull is an attraction, but now the question is, how does that manifest itself? Well, I believe it, it's really through this. It's through that influencer understanding on really, on not just an intellectual level, but on a heart level, what I believe was Dale Carnegie's underlying premise in his classic, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And this is where he wrote that ultimately people do things for their reasons, not our reasons. So the great influencer, Stacy, 
always ask themselves questions to make sure their focus is correct. And that focus must be outward. We need to be inwardly motivated, but outwardly focused. So they ask themselves questions of their employees, of their team members, questions such as, how does what I'm asking this person to do, how does it align with their goals? How does it align with what they need, what they want, what they desire? How does what what I want this other person to do, how does it align with their values? How does what I'm asking help them to overcome any challenges they may have or help bring them closer to fulfillment and happiness? Mm -hmm. And when we ask ourselves these questions thoughtfully, intelligently, genuinely, authentically, not as a way to manipulate another human being into doing our will, but as a way of building everyone in the process. Now we've come a lot closer to earning that person's commitment as opposed to trying to depend on some type of compliance, which at best is not sustainable. At worst, we'll Cause absolute rebellion and yeah. or or uh, sabotage and so forth, and, and that's really I think what it comes down to. So I want to highlight two things you said. First of all, getting feedback it's required in order to stay in business and keep employees loyal and customers too. Getting their mm. feedback, asking them. It's amazing how many people will often say, well, I don't know exactly how my customers feel or my employees are feeling and thinking. And I'm like, well, ask them. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's that basic. But yeah. obviously yeah. there's right methodologies to oh, do of that. Of course, absolutely. But, it, right? but yes, <laughs> but it starts with that consciousness of knowing if I want the answer, I am going to have to ask, ask in the right way and then listen. And listen is a whole nother hour topic. Um, <laughs> the other thing I wanted to comment, because I love your push and pull scenario. And the other thing that comes to my head when you said push and pull is I also think myself as a leader and, and, models that I really uh, emulate, who who I admire, they're also movers. And what I mean by that is that it's not even just push-pull. I almost see this sideway movement because there's so many hurdles and challenges. So I feel like part of my job for my team is to move those hurdles so Great they point. can move forward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, that's one thing a leader does. Sure. You know, so I think that's a wonderful point. Yes. So as an employee, is there something that you, that stands out that you've either done as a leader for a staff member or a person or something that someone did for you that you feel is a great example that others can replicate? Mm, that's a great question. Um, what they've done for me, I think there have been leaders who have, who have, shown me that they believed in me, that they had maybe more confidence in me than I had in me. And, uh, you know, it's, I think Winston Churchill said, uh, the best way to give someone an attribute is to impute it to them. Okay. And so when you, when you genuinely believe in a person and you know, they have something inside them and you give them that to live up to, okay, there's a good chance that they are going to come through and they're going to do that. Sometimes we just need to know someone believes in us. 
But I also had, you know, leaders that, uh, you know, that kind of, I remember, you know, there's a, there's a saying from the sages, who is wise? And the answer is that person who learns from all others. And, you know, of course, we can learn from everyone. I always love what Jim Rohn said about this. He said, from some people, you learn what to do. And from others, you learn what not to do. Right. And I think that uh, I think there have been far too many leaders that when I was in corporate, what have you, that I kind of looked at that way. There was more to learn what not to do. But that's part of it as, as well. I think there are a lot of good leaders, though, out there. I think there are a lot of great leaders out there. Those just aren't the ones you hear about uh, so much. Yeah, that's a really good point. I probably have learned more from leaders of what not to do than I have the opposite. Mm -hmm. And it's just as valuable for sure. Going back to communication, what do you recommend? How do leaders drive better communication, especially as we are hopefully exiting a very long-term pandemic? What do you do? What, what advice do you have for leaders? Well, I think first, having genuine, authentic interest in them. I don't think it's something that can be faked, at least not sustainably, okay? And then I think it goes back to what you and I were talking about a little bit earlier, and that is listening. That that ability to to listen, not just with our ears, you know, not the surface listening that so many people do, but listening with your eyes, listening with your your posture, uh, listening, we like to say, with the back of your neck. In other words, your entire being, you're listening to that person. When you do that, you are paying attention. You are getting into their world. You're able to understand that, you know, there's an old saying, put yourself in the other person's shoes. Well, that sounds great. But then you look at it and say, well, but most of us wear, you know, uh, have different size feet. So how are you supposed to step into another person's shoes? You can't uh, because you come from a different world than they do. We all, as human beings, we see the world through our own unique set of beliefs, our belief systems. These belief systems are unconscious. They, they, uh, we, we, they're, they're a combination of upbringing, environment, schooling, you know, news media, television, you know, everything. But they tend to be formed very early. So most of us, we grow up with a certain set of beliefs. Uh, I call it our unconscious operating system, and we're not even aware of it. So we, we navigate our world thinking that we're making conscious strength-based decisions when really we're operating within a matrix, just like the old movie, that we're not even aware that we're in. Well, here's the thing. Everyone else has that same issue, right? But we tend to believe that the way we see the world is the same way basically everybody else sees the world, which makes intuitive sense. How could it be any different? It's all we know, right? But it's not true. It's not so. We see the world from our set of beliefs, our paradigm, our model, and they see it from theirs. And so if we think that, you know, the, this person we're, we're talking with, that we're speaking with, this person on our team, if we think they are motivated by the same things, if they understand happiness the way we have, understand happiness, if they're, or you know what I'm saying, that we're wrong. So we need to ask questions and really, really listen and then ask more questions to make sure that what we hear is what they meant. <laughs> because how often does that not, uh, you know, take place? So it really does, you were saying, that's a whole, you know, seminar in itself, right? I mean, that's a whole hour discussion in itself. So, um, so yeah, but I think that's very, very important. And when we listen like this, 
when we do, the other person feels heard. And that is such a natural aspect of human nature to want to feel heard and understood by another person. And when that's the case, they're then much more likely to open up to us. And they're much more likely, actually, to buy in and commit to to our vision. I agree. And it's that validation. I love that part you said is is making sure that you heard them correctly. So it's asking the question and it's the validation. Both are really important. Yeah. Here's a hard question for you. You ready? How do you measure the effectiveness? Everything in business is measurement, metrics, KPIs. Where does all this come into play? Value, communication, culture. How do you measure? Well, I mean, I I think you measure eventually with the results. I don't know that, you know, even though we'd love a quick fix, I don't know that, that, that there is one you know, they can be marked off as, as, you know, one through 10 or, you know, <laughs> or what have you. So, uh, I think it's a, I think it's a culture. I think it's something that you, you begin and you, you continue to communicate and you never stop communicating it. And you make sure that that is, that buying into that culture is, is rewarded, that it's acknowledged, you know, that it's affirmed and reaffirmed. And eventually, you know, it's it's going to take hold and you're going to see the, the reflection in the bottom line. Agree. I also believe there is the opportunity to get to sentiments and feelings through the questions, whether it's the HR team is doing a survey to the employees, usually it's once a year, or the surveys and feedback sessions with customers, if you get to the feeling type of questions, you can get to some sentiments that can validate all of this. Well, and that's where the experts like you come in, you know, who you specialize in this and that's what you do. And, uh, and I admire that so much, you know, to be able to, to really key in on it to that degree. Yes. And we're all figuring it out. It, it's not a very tangible number like an e-commerce sale or a retail cash in the register. It's not that concrete. Exactly. So we are all figuring that out together. So here's a question. I like to ask this of all my guests. Imagine there are lots of CEOs and leaders in my room. What's the one thing you would tell them? Well, I mean, I think it always comes down to something that I <laughs> learned a long time ago from a, a mentor. Actually, this was a, someone we call a drive-by mentor because he was someone who just happened to come along at the right moment with the right words when I was ready to, to hear them. Now, so let me start, uh, let me put this in a sales vernacular again and then bring it back to the, that one thing that we would suggest to a leader, okay? Uh, he say, He saw that, I was kind of focused on, actually at the time I was in a sales slump and he saw that I was really focused so much on myself getting out of the sales slump that my attention was not where it should be, which is on the customer. And so he said, you know, Berg, if you want to make a lot of money in selling, he said, don't have making money as your target. In other words, the sale itself. Okay. Don't have making money as your target. Your target 
is serving others. Now, when you hit the target, you'll get a reward, and that reward will come in the form of money, and you can do with that money whatever you choose. But never forget, the money is simply the reward for hitting the target. It ain't the target itself. Your target is serving others. Well, what that did is it said to me something very important, and that is great salesmanship is never about the salesperson. And I would say great great leadership is never about the leader, right? Great salesmanship is never about the product or service, as important as that is. Great leadership is never about your company itself, as important as that is. Great salesmanship, great leadership, and I would say the two are exactly the same, okay? Great leadership is about the other person. It's about touching lives with great value. It's about that person's life being better as a result of you being part of it. And I think as a leader, if you keep that at the forefront, now you're nine steps ahead of the game in a a 10-step game. I love that. I also want to be brutally honest and say that when I think about people in my lifetime, I can count on one hand the number of people, forget their titles, friend, family, boss, anybody, the number of people that really can celebrate your our successes, it's easy to be there for the tough times, for the funerals, for the health, through the, the tough challenges in life. But it's really takes a a good leader and a good person to be able to put their own life aside and celebrate your happiness. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's important for leaders to be, to listening, to be able to do that for their people, for their colleagues, for customers. It's, it takes a really authentic, good person to be there no matter what. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, I agree with you. So my last question for you, if you could go back in time to your younger self, let's say 20-ish, okay. what would you tell the younger Bob? Stacy, this is the easiest question you could ever ask me, okay? Because I would go back to young Bob Berg, and I would say, young Bob Berg, shut up. <laughs> Stop talking. Start listening. Understand that you have not figured it out. You don't understand the way the world works. You don't understand what motivates people. And you think you do. <laughs> and it always reminds me of that old uh, quote that's attributed to Mark Twain, though there's no, there's no um, proof that he said it, though. Things that are brilliant, you know, and pithy and, and witty are often attributed to Mark Twain because he was awesome. But um, but it, it's the saying that, that Twain apparently said that uh, it, it ain't what you don't know that gets you into trouble. It's what you're absolutely positively sure you do know that just ain't so. That's and fantastic. that was me. That was me. And I needed to learn that I had a lot to learn. So that that would be the advice that I'd give 20-year-old me. I love that. I think that that applies to all ages. We're all still learning. And I'm not going to dive deep into diversity and inclusion right now because that's a whole nother hour or day conversation and unconscious bias and all that topics I love. (laughs) But that to what you just said, 
and I'm getting certified right now in um, diversity inclusion. So that's why it's the forefront of my mind. And it's making me recognize how much I don't know that I thought I knew. I was taking the course thinking it's just going to reinforce, but actually, no, it is making me see and hear very differently. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it, what you're saying to younger Bob is just, I think the world needs to do that, especially as it relates to driving more equity and getting rid of bias and, and more. I think regardless of our age, there's so much we don't know. And I, I think the difference between when I was 20 and right now I'm 63, it's now I know I don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. At 20, I didn't know I didn't know. <laughs> now I know. <laughs> and and so, <laughs> so it's actually easier for me to accept being wrong now than it was when I was 20 years old. That's the that's that paradox of, of getting older. Yes, and it's a good reminder because I have kids that are in that age bracket and it's a good reminder to... remind them, play them this episode. (laughs) (laughs) And, but also as a parent to recognize that that is normal. That is typical. Absolutely. And with age comes wisdom. Oh yeah. Well, thank you for being here, Bob. I want to give you a bragging moment. Where can people find you and your books and learn more, hear more of you? Uh, the best place is just Berg, and that's B-U-R-G dot com, where they can um, get the first chapter or excerpts of any of my books to see if they like where they're heading. Then they can always click through. And while they're at the site, they can check out the Go-Giver Success Alliance online mentorship community. I love that. I will have that in the show notes. And thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you so much for joining today. I hope you will apply the lesson shared and also requesting if you would leave a review on Apple, it would mean a lot. Head over to doingcxright.com to learn more ways to connect with me and improve your CX. Until next time, I'm Stacey Sherman, Doing CX Right.